Hello, welcome to another episode of Let's Get Sexy. It's a podcast where I read an erotic story to you and you listen to it. That's the way it works. And the story we're continuing to read is Lesbian Slave Island. It's a story I found on literotica.com, which is a well-known repository of erotic stories. The author of this story is called Fit and Trim, and you can find their stories, including future chapters of Lesbian Slave Island, by searching for them on Literotica. Search for them as an author. It's Fit and Trim with an N in the middle, replacing what would normally be a full three-letter and. I'd like to add that I have not read the following chapter ahead of time. I'm reading it for the first time aloud, directly into your ears, albeit via a microphone and the internet and a device. So there are a few barriers between us, which should be cause for reassurance, I think, for most of you. We're all the way up to chapter 13, having previously read chapter 12. The subtitle of chapter 13 is Lisa is the only one naked before five women as she submits. And it's a H for hot chapter. It's marked with a little red H. which And I've looked this up now so I can confirm officially that that H does stand for hot. So this is going to be a hot chapter. How hot? Well, let's have a look at the stats. It's a big chapter, standing at a very solid 6.5 thousand words. It's got a pretty good rating of 4.56 stars out of 5, and that's an improvement on last time's 4.43. Chapter 12, if you remember, was quite a short chapter, so we're making up for it this time, and no mistake. It's had 14 likes, which is one more than last time, and it's got two comments, which is one more than last time, so already the engagement on this chapter is looking much better. But because it is such a long chapter, I think it is going to have to be split up into two separate sections. So this is going to be our second big two-parter chapter, which does mean we won't get the comments at the end of this episode, those two comments, but we will have them at the end of next episode. Let's do a brief recap on where we left off. So last time, Lisa was left out in the yard, in the garden area, to do just a bit of gardening in the nude, as you do. Uh, She was allowed to wear gloves. I guess that's the most essential bit of kit. I'd also say it's nice to wear shoes out in the garden. When you're clearing out a section of garden, there's all kinds of creepy crawlies and spiders webs and bits of nasty, rotten detritus. Sometimes there's that slurry of half-decomposing leaves that you have to clear out of an area to make it nice. So the lesson there, gloves essential. But for Lisa... Nothing else is. It's gloves and nothing else. While she was out in the garden, she was approached by two strangers, two strange women who, wouldn't you know it, turned out to be Gabriella's daughter, Gloria, and Gloria's friend, Stefania. And they are young and sexy, um, I was going to say sexy lesbians, but I'm not sure you could call them explicitly lesbians. They're certainly open to sexual interactions with women. I'd say most likely, from the sounds of it, they're bi, bisexual. Um, But they're certainly not opposed to getting involved. And in fact, Gloria is being paid by her mother to join in with Lisa's sexual fantasy on the island. Stefania, a little bit pissed off that she wasn't getting paid, so Gloria's going to see if she can sort that out for her. 
<laughs> so they met out in the garden. They had a brief discussion about what's going on. They made sure Lisa was safe, a consenting participant in the slave scenario. And she reassured them that she was very much a willing participant. And we left the chapter with the three of them going inside to join the other three. So that's Lisa and the two new girls, Gloria and Stefania, going inside to join Sasa and Helen, who are in the company of Gabriella. So it seems like it's going to be, I mean, just from the subtitle, it seems like we're going to have a full-on orgy here. And I'm hoping that it's going to get quite sexual I feel like Lisa has definitely earned a reward at this point. She's been very obedient and there hasn't been a lot in the way of sexual relief for her or indeed for any of the others. So we'll see what happens. Without any more recapping or waffling on, let's enjoy Chapter 13 of Lesbian Slave Island. I found myself strangely and extraordinarily embarrassed when I saw the leash and collar in Sasser's hand, for I had somehow felt Gloria and Stefania were more like peers and friends, despite my being stark naked and they fully clothed. More feelings coursed through me, excited to see lovely and erotically cruel Sasser, on whom I was developing a crush, yet resenting her for only one moment because I wanted more time alone with Gloria and Stefania. Yet the next moment I was relieved to feel that Sasser would take control, and soon also the loving, kind, yet confidently in control Helen would be managing the situation. Sasser seemed concerned over how my interaction with the newcomers had been going, but as they talked, Sasser seemed to realise that Gloria and Stefana were being their sweet selves, and I was actually enjoying their company, and even handling my surprise well. Sasser started smiling. It seemed Sasser was more concerned with how I handled it which was a nice feeling, evidence she cared. I blushed when they talked about how obedient I was, how I wouldn't run and didn't even need to be restrained to be obedient. Sasa mentioned that I more than wanted to be the only one naked and all the rest, her eyes turning to me as I blushed more. Sasa decided not to use the collar and leash yet. We walked up to the villa and joined Helen on the veranda. Helen's eyes widened when she saw us, but she didn't seem surprised as I had expected she would. Upon joining Helen and Gabriella up there, we formed a circle, standing in the sun. So, I was without any bondage, but also without any clothes, among five other fully clothed females. I almost couldn't believe my situation. A dream come true. I felt so alive and excited to be the only one totally naked and shaved and sweaty with faint stripes from being whipped last night, among these pretty, fully clothed lesbian and bi young ladies. At first we stood around talking, getting to know one another better. I was acutely aware every moment I was the only one not fully clothed. Indeed, I was more than naked, because I was shaved so my labia were uncovered and out in the sunshine for all to stare at whenever they wished, and all understood I was the sex and love object. Much of the initial conversation was normal, such as Helen saying, Gloria, you've grown so much since I last saw you. I learned they'd known each other for years. For a little while, even I was part of the conversation, as if I weren't naked and a self-submitted, enthusiastically and willingly owned sex slave. We talked about our backgrounds and interests, and how we met, etc. Within fifteen minutes, 
halfway through the half-hour that we stood in a wide circle, the conversation began to turn towards my sexuality. How I held myself physically was far more difficult for me than the others, of course because I was so very naked and they all fully clothed. I refrained from using my arms and hands to cover my nudity, but I would sometimes turn a little sideways, and for a while held my side with my hands so that my forearm crossed my midsection just below my bare, perky breasts. I blushed more deeply when Helen pointed out that when I held that posture, my arm didn't really hide much, and actually accentuated my breasts. All four of the others turned to me at this comment, and Gloria's mother asked if any of us appreciate art. Helen and I said, yes, and Gloria's mum said such a pose would be good for painting. Lisa could be our model for an art class I could teach, she said. It turned out she had art training and ambitions to be a professional painter. Sasser asked about photography in addition to painting. Gloria's mother said, sure, and smiled at me as I blushed even more at the prospect of being studied and stared at nude in different poses. Do you mind that, Lisa? she asked. Helen and Sasser looked at each other. Helen spoke up to explain that I had already agreed to just about everything when they worked out and signed the contract. Gloria's mum turned to me again and silently questioned this. I understood her non-verbal and spoke up too. That's correct. I'm to do any and all such things as you wish, I said. And in fact, you wish it and want it too, interjected Sasser. I looked down and a feeling of incredible self-consciousness and embarrassment came over me as if being the only one naked and everyone already knowing I loved being a lesbian sex slave weren't enough, I managed to blurt out in a soft voice, Yes, I want it. Sasser added rather loudly, And you love it. You crave it. Isn't that right? I glanced at Gloria and Stefania in humiliation before whispering, Yes, I love this and crave it. It's my dream come true. So it's okay with you if we take and keep pictures of you? asked Stefania. All of us smiled because this young one's question implied a deep interest. Helen smiled to say it was okay, but she must promise not to share online, at least until she gets written permission. Helen glanced at me. I guessed she and I would talk about that eventually. I nodded slightly. Helen brought everyone over to the outdoor table and asked me to sit in a chair like all the non-slaves. I appeared puzzled, so Helen explained that we will have a getting-to-know-one-another casual preliminary chat before the games begin. Helen facilitated so that we would become familiar and comfortable with one another. I was not treated just yet as the sex slave I was. No one even said anything when I sort of folded my arms sometimes, semi-covering my bare breasts. Nevertheless, I was the only one naked with five other attractive fully clothed females. We all learned the basics of one another's lives and Helen's intention was achieved as I found each of the three extremely nice, charming, and yes, quite attractive. I agreed with Helen that I felt good about this. I even admitted I was excited. Stefania then started questions about why I liked BDSM. I immediately blushed, and Sasser made my blush deeper by pointing out that I was blushing. I explained my journey started quite young, with my feelings about being naked, especially amongst others who were not. Stefania looked me over at that statement. I liked that, and smiled. Her smile turned into a grin. For a while it was only her and I speaking, and it was flirtatious. I blushed more as I explained that being the only one naked and the sex slave liberates me because I would be allowed no inhibitions. I am ordered to be utterly sensual and deeply primitively sexual. And of course, 
This situation of being actually owned property, and the only one naked, shaved and exposed, obviously and shamefully aroused, was my ultimate dream fantasy. I was in bliss and felt totally alive. Stefania did not hide her excitement at my words. Her enthusiasm was encouraging. My guilt and shame over having such passions lessened a bit. We maintained eye contact and grinned at one another. Sasa commented that we might have a handful keeping these two apart, and we all laughed, relieving the tension I felt. Helen asked if anyone was thirsty, or wanted any breakfast or brunch. When several answered yes, Gabriella stood up. Helen touched her arm and said that Lisa would be doing such things when not tied up. I blushed as Sasa and Gloria laughed at the pun. Gloria's mum said, That's okay, I'll still get them. Helen told me to go with her. In the kitchen with Gabriella, I felt quite self-conscious, working naked with this fashionably dressed, very attractive, older woman, but she made me feel accepted and liked, and almost normal, with her conversational skills. I took the opportunity to ask what she felt about this sexual fantasy, whether she thought I was weird, and about her daughter's involvement. Oh no, she grinned warmly, looking into my eyes reassuringly. I understand. I think it's exciting too. And all this with friends and nice people who want to help one another live out our dreams? Don't worry, I'm excited too. And attracted. She paused to look my nudity up and down. I smiled. It's a little bit weird, but everyone is weird in some way, she added. We both nodded. You are so pretty. Perfect and tight body. It would be more shameful to hide it. That made me grin. As for my daughter, she needs to loosen up. I will encourage her. Will you bring her out of her shell? Bring out her sensuality? Help her enjoy life? She asked. My eyes widened in surprise, and I nodded seriously. I don't care, by the way, if she's lesbian or straight or bi. I do care about her living life to the fullest. I also hope for more economic opportunities. But we live very nicely on this beautiful island. We'll be fine either way, she explained. I asked, what about any ideas or messages implied for Gloria or Stefania about how women should be treated? She paused and said it's a good thing to talk about more. I said that I can explain why I got into this, but it's a special case of fantasies being played out. Gabriella nodded. It may sound strange to say in this situation, when you are playing slave, that this is a form of freedom, to enjoy life in your own way. She gently grabbed my upper arm when we had finished loading two trays. I paused to look back at her, curious. She smiled, but very earnestly confided that she looked forward to time alone with me. I smiled, then wantonly answered, Yes, mistress, as you wish. This slave would love to be used by you. Thoroughly used. Her eyes widened in surprise and lust. Lisa, that was so hot what you just said. I thanked her and turned towards her so that she could see my full frontal nudity. I watched her eyes roam as she replied, No, thank you. I smiled again and we paused. We each leaned forward and kissed. That was exciting, Lisa. I can't wait for more time alone. Yes, mistress, I nervously answered. Alone or not, as you wish. I am slave property, the uninhibited sex slave. My voice shook as I said that, but worth the courage to say because it set the situation up and gave her permission, and me too, to play this out fully. She looked at me differently from then on, with lust, with desire, and not as a newly met friend, or as the friend of her employers. Our relationship had already flipped from the usual social norms to that of sexuality, of mistress and sex slave. 
That thought made me tingle and moist. I wondered how Gabriella would be when she had me alone, what behaviours and deep desires her power over me as a willing sex slave would release. When we walked out with the trays, I felt both warm and comfortable because of the conversation and the kiss, but also suddenly self-conscious as I was standing naked and shaved and everybody looked. We approached the table. I followed Gabriella's lead in setting things on the table. My shaved loins were at eye level now, and I blushed as I noticed everyone glancing, or in Stefania's case, staring. At least she stared with eyes aglow and a warm, excited smile. We sat down, and for a while I was dining as if I were not the only one naked and a willing sex slave. Helen and Sasser explained our contract, and that I had to be naked and shaved all the time, and preferred everyone else to be clothed. Eyes widened or sparkled as they went into my deep desire to experience the real deal, to be truly owned and disciplined, often hard, for training, punishment, or simply erotic arousal. Sasser smiled mischievously as she explained that I wanted this, and therefore they should not hold back whatsoever from making my dreams of being utterly owned come true. I blushed and looked down when she told me to verify. Yes, you own me. I wanted and still want this so very much. I need this. I am owned as a lesbian sex slave, and I cannot be inhibited in my sexuality. You should explore and act on your sexual impulses, and my duty is to arouse and please you, I said. My blushing became fierce, but I kept talking anyway, caught up in my crazy lust for this sexual adventure of a lifetime. I want this more than anything. Please, please, please make me your sex plaything. Put me in awkward naked bondage. Make me know I am yours, your property, that I am owned. Please go through the manual I wrote and make me yours. Do those things I wrote in there. I'm letting it all out. I'm letting you know my deepest, darkest fantasies. I'm scared, but I am determined to make my dream come true. This is my chance. I'm yours. I admit it all. I want it all. I want all of what I wrote in the manual, and more. So don't be shy. Don't be inhibited, please. And for you, this is your chance to enjoy me as your total sex slave. I looked down, aghast at what I just so boldly said. I trembled. Gabriella said, Wow. There was a pause. You heard her, she continued with a look to her daughter. I don't want you to be uptight or worry what I or anyone thinks. I want you to enjoy life to the full. Don't let society tell you what to do. Don't let what you think or imagine society's telling keep you from being the natural you. Don't let others interfere with living your full life. We will all keep this secret among ourselves. I know you like girls and probably boys too, but definitely girls, and I'm totally fine with that. Her daughter appeared mortified but didn't say anything. Enjoy! She almost yelled the last word at her daughter, then, a bit embarrassed, looked around and smiled. Helen supported her. Yes, enjoy. We're all in on this secret. We're all attracted to females, and accept one another's tendencies, and are going to do this fully. And you better not let Lisa or me down. Lisa wants this total experience. It's her dream. I think it's hot, and I love Lisa, so let's go for it. This is real, she said. Stefania smiled encouragingly at her older friend Gloria, and placed a hand on her shoulder. We don't judge anyone here. This is fantasy land. Everyone smiled and relaxed upon young Stefania's gesture. Helen added, Yes, a wonderful philosophy. This is fantasy land. Thank you, Stefania. No judging here. In fact, fantasy land is where you're supposed to let loose, play, have fun. 
There are a few rules we'll go over right away, but we'll go over the contract and manual thoroughly. Some rules are females only, no swear words, no permanent marks on our sex slave, with perhaps a careful exception or two that Lisa and I talked about, such as a piercing or brand. Some eyes widened at the word brand. We will take turns reading sections of the contract out loud. Helen left to get the signed contract. Stefania's eyes glowed in excitement as she looked into my eyes almost lovingly, with an occasional glance at my bare body. Stefania sat at my side, so was able to see more of my seated nudity. Helen started reading it aloud, but soon handed it to me and ordered me to continue. I blushed as all eyes turned to me, the only naked one. I self-consciously laid the papers on the table with my arms resting on either side, enabling all to stare at my breasts. My nipples signalled my arousal and my blush my embarrassment as I read aloud what I had agreed to. My blush deepened as I read aloud that it's all of my free will and desire. Helen stopped me reading aloud the funds I would receive, standing and stepping over to take back the papers. Helen announced that the slave would from that moment on behave and be treated as the sex slave property she is. She handed the sex slave owner's manual to Gloria and asked the three newcomers to study it. She emphasised that I had written it by myself. I had craved and dreamed for all of those fantasies therein to take place in reality. So, Sasa smiled a bit wickedly, you can act this out fully. Don't feel bad. We are only fulfilling her wishes. And they are more than wishes, added Sasa seriously, looking into my eyes. They are what you crave, your deepest desires and dreams. You want so badly to experience all of it in as real and genuine a way as possible. Isn't that accurate, Lisa? By using my real name, Sasa highlighted that this is of my free will. I felt simultaneously ecstatic and nervous. Yes, my owner, I continued blushing and felt this is a serious moment. I felt brave to look back into her eyes. I was agreeing firmly, letting five women I found attractive know they can and should have their ways with me. I continued, Yes, it's certainly true. I want this very badly, in the way that I wrote out in the manual and we mutually wrote in the contract. And I smiled shyly and looked into the eyes of the others. I paused, wondering how each would be with me in the long period of utter slavery and nudity that seemed to stretch for a long way ahead. Looking at the three newcomers, I felt as if I were jumping off a ledge into a river of mysteries as I boldly asked, Do you take me also as your love slave? Helen and Sasa smiled towards each other. All three nodded or said yes. Gabriella, the oldest among us, with a loving gaze. Stefania, the youngest, with a bright and shiny eagerness. Gloria, with what seemed to be a combination of amazement and rising interest. I asked Helen and Sasa whether I should address them as mistress or owners or both, or something else. Sasa and Helen agreed that I should address the three new people as mistresses, and they would discuss sharing ownership, or temporary ownership. Gabriella asked with an eagerness that revealed her desire to play with me, what does ownership actually mean? Do you mean I can take her for a time myself? Everyone looked at her, and we all laughed at her eagerness to enjoy me. Helen explained that currently between her and Sasa, she is top owner, meaning she can overrule Sasa about me any time, but that otherwise Sasa owns me too as her property. I felt a thrill of sensual pleasure and excitement when Helen said that I'm property and owned. 
Helen continued that we might amend the contract to include then, to make it formal, or spell out the details. In the meantime, the three newcomers can enjoy their property upon invitation, just as they would be invited to visit the villa or borrow something, say furniture, or a car, or a horse. Sasser jumped in, or a horse reminds me of one of Lisa's top fantasies, to be used as if she were a pony, trained to prance and pull a buggy, or what was it? Oh yes, a chariot. Eyes turned toward me in wonder. Sasser continued, yes, she craves that, being harnessed and whipped and trained. Here, I'll show you some stuff. Stefania exclaimed that it was a little weird, but very cool. While Sasser was getting equipment, Gabriella smiled sympathetically, assuming most correctly that I was embarrassed, especially about Stefania's use of the word weird. Helen started explaining the pony sleigh fantasy worked because it's erotically humiliating to be used like a show horse. I found myself wanting to explain more, but also found it difficult to speak up until Helen asked me to tell more. My voice shook a little as I asked them to read it in the manual and explained the pony slave fantasy is one of the ultimate ways to be used and displayed as a naked slave, and that I first read it in a novel about a mother and daughter being used that way in ancient Egypt by a mother and daughter who owned them, and it just exploded my imagination. Gabriella and her daughter Gloria looked at one another. Gloria, what do you think of that? Gabriella asked her. She was clearly self-conscious but her mother told her this is a safe place for fantasies and honesty. She said she's still getting used to the idea of sexuality with her mother there, but said she had actually seen pictures of such scenes on the internet and had to admit it was exciting and imaginative. As Sasser returned, Helen urged everyone to be very imaginative, including me. Helen nodded toward me and reminded them that it's even in the contract that I must share my own fantasies and give ideas. To be continued... Okie dokie. Well, I gotta say, I was all revved up for a big orgy to go down between the five of them in this episode. And it hasn't happened yet. <laughs> I mean, I guess there's there's still another half of this chapter left to come, so we might see things get sexual in part two. But I gotta say, we seem to be stalling here stuttering a little bit, almost taking a step back, going over the basics. But with these new people involved, I think maybe Lisa's fantasy isn't actually doing anything sexual. I think her fantasy is more about the preliminary stuff, ironing out the details and going over the contract, reinforcing what the rules are. I think that's the real fantasy here, because we have, again, another episode with basically no sex in it. The only real titillating moments I felt were with Gabriella in the kitchen, where I'll admit there was a, a real atmosphere there. But the climax of that interaction was merely a kiss. And, you know, not a French kiss, but just a regular, <laughs> I don't know, I don't know if normal kisses have a nation that they're necessarily associated with, um, but just a normal English kiss, let's say. <laughs> I thought for a while... 
things were kind of ramping up into maybe getting sexual. I thought when Lisa and Gabriella went into the kitchen together, they had a bit of a moment. And then, you know, that could have been an opportunity for the three left outside to maybe initiate something. And those two could have come out and joined in. I thought (laughs) something was going to happen because we were raising the temperature in that little section with Gabriella and Lisa. And then when they come out, it's straight into discussions about the contract, all of the rules and caveats and different codes of practice, which there's an element of HR in this story, which I think takes away from the excitement a little bit. And I maybe understand that it's there to reassure the reader. And this is from Lisa's point of view. So we can read that as Lisa reassuring herself that this is okay by focusing so much on the safety net that's there. But at the end of the day, this is a story for the reader to enjoy. And I think that takes away from it a little bit to keep going over the admin, as I've called it in the past. Especially when I think we've had so much detail about the admin in the past, we didn't need to go into detail again. Instead of having paragraph after paragraph in this part of the chapter about the contract and the rules... They could have just been a couple of sentences saying that Helen explained the rules of the contract and showed them the manual and everyone understood and agreed. That would have been enough, really, I think, for the reader to feel like the due diligence has been done. But that's what I mean. I think for Lisa, part of the fantasy is the preamble. I thought Sasser was good value in this chapter. Some great Sasser moments there, and you're really getting her bratty side come out there. She really loves to rub salt in the wound and stick the boot in with Lisa. (laughs) Lisa's sort of shyly admitting that she does kind of like this stuff, consenting to all this happening. And then Sasser adds rather loudly, and you love it, you crave it, isn't that right? (laughs) in quite a she's really trying to rub it in and it works that compounds lisa's humiliation and embarrassment and i think you sense in sasser a kind of joy at being the humiliator and it sounds like stefania might be a sasser in training she's clearly up for it also maybe a little bit less experienced perhaps has got some things to learn from sasser there was a lovely sentence in there that i really enjoyed when lisa said she felt as if she were jumping off a ledge into a river of mysteries. I thought that was great. And I think that's kind of how I think we all feel. But I think in a way, I feel like she hasn't jumped off the ledge. She's very much teetering on the edge of the ledge. And she really needs to, or maybe maybe she is off the ledge. Maybe she's she's jumped off the ledge and she's mid-air, having yet to hit the water and take the plunge into a real sexual experience. Maybe that's a good way to expand that metaphor. I think it's interesting that for the two older women, Helen and Gabriella, their reasons for getting the younger family members involved is kind of selfless in a way. They're not doing it, at least outwardly, they're not admitting to doing it because it's pleasurable for them to see a family member engage in sexual activity that's not outwardly expressed. Instead, there's a sense of them having selflessly brought in this younger family member for their benefit. So Helen brings Sasser in to keep her away from the boys, while Gabriella is bringing Gloria in to help her become more sexually liberated and to experience the joys of life in a way that's free from traditional conventions. 
It, it seems odd in a way, actually, that Gabriella is so preoccupied with whether Gloria is conventional or not. It might well be that Gloria is quite happy living a normal life free from any kind of BDSM. She might not have that side of her that enjoys... This might not be her fetish, if you see what I mean. But for Gabriella, for her daughter not to have explored fetishes, regardless of whether or not her daughter is interested in fetishes or not naturally, Gabriella feels like Gloria would be missing out in some way. And I don't know if you can really miss out on something that you are not interested in. In a way, you could say that I'm missing out on the joys of knitting or on the pleasure of gymnastics, but those things aren't particularly interesting to me. So to me, it doesn't feel like I'm missing out. And I wonder if there's an element of that to consider with Gloria. I guess we don't know the full backstory. Maybe there's some reason why Gabriella feels so strongly that Gloria needs to be pushed to experience what is quite a specific fetish, I think. Maybe there's some things we don't know yet. To me, it feels like actually Gabriella is kind of projecting a bit onto Gloria. And maybe this is actually more about Gabriella having some unfulfilled desires and regrets in her life. Because she goes on this big tirade, doesn't she, about what she wants for her daughter. And that to me feels like that's a Gabriella issue rather than a Gloria issue. <laughs> you know, I suspect that that's what's happened to her, is that she maybe did let society tell her what to do. And she didn't explore as much as she wanted to as a youngster. And maybe that's why she's so keen to prevent Gloria from making what she perceives as the same mistake. That kind of parental fear of history repeating itself, of, of your children falling into the same traps that you did and repeating your mistakes. So that's what I think is at the heart of it for Gabriella. And I think that Gloria's discomfort with her mother's involvement kind of speaks to that distance between what Gabriella wants and what Gloria actually needs. So there we go. That's part one of chapter 13. It's yet to pop off. We've yet to have the drop. But certainly the tempo is building and feels like we're maybe gearing up for a big payoff here. And I know we've been let down before. We've felt like any minute now this is going to break out into a huge orgasmic crescendo and it hasn't happened. But I really hold out high hopes for the second part of this chapter that we will get past the preliminary phase in this three-way. In, in a way, it's disappointing that we didn't have a big exploration of just the three, Lisa, Sasa, and Helen, before these new characters were introduced. It feels like almost like we've skipped a, a necessary part in the narrative structure here. And I, I think when you do that, when you delay the payoff and keep building the stakes to the next level... It's going to be difficult to write a chapter, I think, that really pays off all that built-up tension over 13 chapters, over a decade of real-time following this. <laughs> and no wonder some people have dropped off. Some of them probably died from not having enough blood in their heads at the amount of teasing. Still, we hold out high hopes for part two. We'll, we'll have to wait till next time to see what happens. Obviously, because this is a two-parter, and this is part one of that two-parter, 
there's no comments to read. I don't want to spoil anything by reading the comments for the end of the chapter when we're only halfway through it, because some of those comments might give away details that we have yet to learn. So that's why I've got to wait. But if you've enjoyed this first part of chapter 13, and you can't wait for the second part, then you can always go on to literotica.com, search for Fit and Trim, and read it for yourself. I know it's not the same when you're not hearing it in my voice, but there could be some satisfaction hearing it in your own voice if you're really desperate, if you can't wait. While you're there, please do rate the story. Give it a 5 out of 5 if you liked it. Leave a comment if you want to. If you've enjoyed this episode of the podcast, then please like it. Give it a rating if that is a thing on your podcast app. Subscribe to the podcast so that you get future episodes direct to your device. And have a lovely week. Until next time, goodbye. Oh, there wasn't really a funny bit this time, was there? Oh, well.